You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Still in quarantine, although yep. it is getting better by each day, CJ. We're starting to see the light here. I think so. I'm just glad the light at the end of the tunnel is not Darth Vader from uh, Rogue One. <laughs> I, I, I put in a, our Snapchat group today. I was like, Murphy, uh, the governor of New Jersey, yes. uh, he extended the um, outdoor gatherings to 25, and I said, could this be meaning a reunion of the boys? And Desmond's like, nope, don't do it. Don't give me hope. <laughs> And like I, I like, knew I, he was, I knew he was quoting Endgame, and I, I just immediately <laughs> reply and go, "I'm sorry, I couldn't give it to you sooner." I think we all need a little bit of hope. So this is the Not I Another so. Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney, CJ Palmisano. We're your hosts. A lot to get to today, CJ. It's the go home edition of the podcast before Double or Nothing uh, at Daly's Place tomorrow night in Orlando, or in Orlando, in Jacksonville, Florida. Obviously, the event won't be in Vegas, which is a shame, but they no. are still going to go on with the show. I'm excited, though. This I'm looks- excited. Decent card for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think AEW has a huge opportunity here because we've seen WWE put on some empty arena pay-per-views. Uh, granted, WrestleMania was very good this year. Uh, Money in the Bank wasn't wasn't that bad either. That was pretty good. But I think AEW has a real, really big opportunity to make a really great pay-per-view despite yeah. the circumstances. I so agree. I'm really excited to see what they pull off. Me too. And, you know, with the, the stadium stampede match as well and, and some of these matches at the TNT finals for the TNT championship, like they're being creative with all this. So I'm excited to see what they do tomorrow. I think they're either going to hit a home run personally. So we'll touch on that a little later. Um, we have some raw news to discuss, some things that went on in NXT, all that and more. But it's a somber one today, CJ. We know where we got to start with this one. Uh, the yeah. passing of former WWE superstar Shad Gaspard. Uh, for those of you who are unaware of the situation, Shad and his 10-year-old son uh, were swimming off the coast of Venice Beach uh, last Sunday. So it was about five days ago. Got caught in a rip current um, that was pretty bad, obviously. Uh, lifeguards went out and supposedly, according to reports, saved about you know hundreds of people basically throughout the day. Um, And, you know, I've been reading quotes about him all day from like lifeguards and eyewitnesses and all that stuff. And the one concept that we keep hearing CJ was in his very last act, supposedly, he looked at a lifeguard and said, go save my boy. So they went for him. And then from an eyewitness account, they said a giant wave crashed over Shad, wasn't seen again, went missing for about two days. And his body, of course, washed up on shore, I believe, Tuesday morning. Um, so obviously a sad situation for the wrestling world and just the outpouring CJ of all these wrestlers who have come out and said just how nice and genuine of a guy that Shad was and how amazing he was to work with and how he's been, he was a hero on more than one occasion. If you remember a few years ago, he stopped an armed robbery in Florida by himself. I do remember um, that. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's a sad situation for the pro wrestling community and obviously our condolences go out to his family, uh, his friends, um, but CJ, just real quickly, before we you know get positive on here, we had to open the show with that today. So your thoughts on this? Yeah, it was um, it was really really sad news when I uh, had heard about that. Um, I, I said like on Twitter and Facebook, sharing the articles of of, now, of the announcing of his passing. Just like I said, he did what any other parent would have done for their child, and and he died a hero. Um, I, I just. You know, you all the anything anybody said about Shad was that he was just the happiest guy in the room. He was always willing to make someone smile, and he was always trying to get laughs out of people. Um, very energetic, very outgoing, uh, a family man. Um, and it's true to speak. I mean, it, I, I remember. I mean, for those who don't remember Shad Gaspard in in WWE, he was part of the tag team with JTG called Crime Time. Um, that was prime time of my, uh, me growing up watching wrestling. Crime time was one of my favorite tag teams. They were just genuinely funny and entertaining. I mean, they, one of my favorite segments they ever had was when, uh, DX was kicked out of the building. (laughs) 
And then like, oh, looks like we've got some scalp players. And it's crime time. <laughs> we sold them the tickets. Um, Shawn and then, Michaels like, I speak jive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember another great, great segment. It was a backstage segment, but it was at SummerSlam 2007, my first show as a wrestling fan. And um, this is around the time when the whole who is Vince McMahon's illegitimate child yes. thing. He's back. Vince is backstage with uh, William Regal, Teddy Jonathan Long, Coachman. Jonathan Coachman. And then crime time comes in uh, and he's like, you don't think you're sudden all. It could be one of us. You know, we got a, got a lot in common. You know, it's all about that money, money. Yeah, yeah, like that got me excited all the time. And then you got Teddy Long dancing around Vince with Crime Time. Then John the Coaching's like, "All right, I'll join in." They're they're dancing around William Regal and Vince McMahon. Just look disgusted. And then all of a sudden, Shad just puts his hat, his black Yankee hat, on William Regal's head, and he just he can't fight it anymore. He's gonna dance, and he's da- <laughs> dancing around. And the next thing you know, William Regal's all by himself, and here comes Ron Simmons just looking at him. He slowly <laughs> takes the hat off in embarrassment. And he's just like, uh, uh, damn. Like, <laughs> just, I mean, Crime Time was a, it was a, uh, just a fun tag team. It's a shame they never won the tag titles, but they were just funny, entertaining, and they I should have never been broken up to begin with. No, they never should have. I, I, they get a lot of comparisons to Enzo and Cass in that respect. Yeah. But one video I saw the other day, it's a, kind of close on the whole on shad's passing i don't know if you remember do you remember the video of mvp and shad watching wrestlemania Kofi won the title yes i yes, do in a bar in brooklyn and you just see them so happy they cried and they hugged each other because they were just so happy that their lifelong fr- uh their their, their long friend time friend colleague who's worked so hard finally wins the WWE championship and they're just so happy. Like it just goes to show the kind of person that yep. Chad was. And I knew if he was in MetLife that night, he would have give Kofi the biggest hug. Um, and it's, it really is just a, a sad time. So yeah. To and, and, f- and me personally, I, I have a, a story too. You remember in like 2008 when crime time was in that, uh, that storyline with Rhodes and DiBiase, how they kept stealing the tag titles. Yes. It went yes. out for like two months. Yes. So my first wrestling show, um, it was a live event in the garden. So obviously you have all the title matches and the champions always retain and things like that. So Rhodes and DiBiase faced crime time and they put the tag titles on the line. Now in the beginning, Crime Time came out with the belts to keep the storyline going. Obviously, nice. Rhodes and DiBiase nice. win the match. They're celebrating with the belts. And at the last second, CJ, now you remember the garden with the short garden entrance, which they normally yes. have for live yes, events. Yes, I remember. Crime Time comes behind the two, rips the tag belts out of both of their hands, and runs out of the garden. <laughs> we were hysterical <laughs> laughing. Rhodes and DiBiase are in the ring beside themselves. They're like, I can't believe this <laughs> happened again. And that's how they kept the story going, I think, up until like Unforgiven in oh, September. Oh, that's great. When that's they finally great. beat them and got their belts back. But That's um, hilarious. Because even Jimmy and I were like, because we're not stupid. We know, it, we know it's scripted. We're like, so how are they going to carry this on Monday? And as we're saying that, they stole the belts and ran out of the garden. That's hilarious. That oh was good, but I just wanted so to close. Funny. I wanted to close that on a happy note. Obviously, it's it's a sad time, but obviously, in in these trying times, it's important to remember the positives and you know not get too caught up in all the emotion and just you know just think about your loved ones and just be positive in this sort of time. So rest yes. in peace, Chad. He went out a hero. Rest, um, in, rest in peace, Chad Gaspard. Our thoughts and prayers go out to your 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 family, your close friends, and yes. everybody. Just. Just hug your loved ones, hug your mom, your brothers, your sisters, your dad, uh, whoever you can see at the moment. Text your friends, call your friends, check up on them, tell tell them you love them and that you're always there because you never know when when their time is. Just be yeah, there for them. Absolutely, CJ. So let's move on. I wanted to spend a few minutes on that. Obviously, it was right to open the show with that. Let's move on. Yes. Be a little bit more positive. Let's get a little bit the energy up a little bit. Uh, so now it's time to rip on WWE. Yes, that's what we love to do. Let's start with that. First of all, I, I want to clarify 
something here because Randy Orton and Edge are slated for backlash, right? A regular wrestling oh, match. Jesus the whole, Christ. And the whole story here is Randy Orton says, you can't beat me in a regular one-on-one match. You've been retired for nine years and blah, blah, blah. Here's the gripe I have with this whole thing. And you brought this up off air. WrestleMania 36, they had a decent last man standing match. For those of you who are about to rip me, I don't care. They had a decent last man standing match. The problem was they went about 15 minutes too long. They had the longest match by far out of any match on WrestleMania. Because Sorry they to cut you off, but it's the second longest match in WrestleMania history. Are you serious? Yeah, it's the second longest match. Oh my God. I didn't that's even know right, that. That's right next to Shawn Michaels and, and Bret Hart. Oh my God. The Iron, Iron Man match. That's ridiculous. So, anyway, that, that was my one gripe with it. But obviously, they wanted a type of match where they can make Edge kind of look good, but they can take their time. And they did. Um, and again, I thought it was a little too long. But other than that, it was a last man standing match. What else is it supposed to be? It's a fight. Now they're going to have a regular wrestling match at Backlash which WWE is promoting as the greatest match ever. Huh? All time ever. What it might be. But here's the problem with that. <laughs> I was mentioning this, this to you off mic too, that they are setting such high expectations for this match that if it flops, it's just going to look bad. And here's the thing. I'm not doubting the, the ability of Randy Orton or Edge. Randy Orton is absolutely a fantastic wrestler, whether anybody wants to admit it or not. He just naturally, this just comes so natural to him. Like, I remember listening to Edge and Christian's podcast, and it was still around, and I think it was either when Cena was on, or when Randy Orton was on, they said, I think Christian was saying he was backstage watching, uh, backstage at a SmackDown, watching one of Randy Orton's matches, Mm-hmm. and he was doing so well in there, and they both look at each other, and I think Christian goes to John Cena and says, you know what's funny is that he probably has no idea how good he is right now, and John Cena just goes, no, he has absolutely no clue. Yeah. So Randy Orton is naturally just so gifted at what he does, and when he's invested in something, he does a great job. Granted, like the, the story going into their WrestleMania match was fantastic. I thought the build was great. I thought everything was great. It was the best build of the whole pay-per-view. Yes, it was the best built match in the entire pay-per-view. Edge, there's no doubt how great Edge is in his career, how the things he's accomplished. But the thing is, this is his only his third match overall, second match, really his real first wrestling match. This is his first in, test. In nine years. I mean, maybe the thing the thing I could I was I'm perfectly fine if they want to continue the Randy Orton Edge feud. I'm fine with that. If they want, like, I if the if the story is simply just, I want to I want to prove that I'm the better man. I want to prove that I can beat you in a wrestling match. That's um. At first, I remember texting you about it. You were texting me just saying like they're continuing. I'm like, I don't know if I should if they want to do that. Okay, I get it. But to just be complete total, just the word I'm looking for, I guess moronic, idiotic. Petty, petty about it because fa- a lot of fans just shit on the match, and and Bra- Alvarez and Meltzer shitting on the match, and we kind of got on their case about it. And I like Alvarez and Meltzer, but the thing is, don't do that. You're setting such high expectations for this match, right? That if it doesn't go well, then you just look like assholes. You like, said this if- is going to be the greatest match ever, and it doesn't. I don't. Like you said, I don't necessarily think I don't necessarily believe that Randy Orton and Edge can't pull off a good match, especially no, Randy not. Orton. But Edge hasn't been in a real wrestling match since WrestleMania 27, nine years ago, basically. So you are putting all this pressure on not just Edge but also Randy Orton, like you said, to deliver. And I don't think they're going to be able to. I mean, they'll put on a good match, yes. But to say that it's going to be the greatest match ever, we're going to look back. No fans in attendance. We're going to look back at the end of this year, CJ, and we're going to do rankings, and we're going to say what were like the top ten matches of the year. I guarantee you, this match isn't on the top ten. Guarantee it. Probably won't be. I mean, and and that's fault of WWE. Why are you setting such high expectations for a match like this when you have? Don't get me wrong. They're they're both. You know, one is a Hall of Famer, one is soon to be a Hall of Famer. But Edge has not had a real wrestling match in nine years. 
that's what I don't understand about this whole thing. I get, I get it. Listen, I can understand people's frustrations of saying the match wasn't good. I see both sides of it. Me personally, I thought it was decent. It's a last man standing match. It's not supposed to be a wrestling match. It's a fight, but it went too long. That I agree with. But why do you have to be so petty about it? Oh, they they shit on the match, so now we're going to make sure it's the greatest they've ever seen. It's not. It's when not. You, when you set something that high, when you have expect, expectations that high, you can't possibly deliver. You can't just say this is going to be the greatest thing ever, and if it's not, then it's false advertising, and you, and you can't guarantee that. That's the thing. You just got to let them go out there, do their match, and then the fans will decide what they think of it. I right. mean, look at look at WrestleMania 25 with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. That's the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Arguably the greatest match of all time. Agreed. Argu- like, they didn't go out there and promote this is going to be the greatest WrestleMania match ever. This is going to be the greatest match ever. They just, just went out went, there and did it. They just went out there and did it. They told a great story going into it. The build was was very good. I think the build to their following WrestleMania match was much better. But right. they just went out there. They worked. They did it. The match was incredible. Should have made event at the pay per view. Yeah, should have made event at the pay per view. But you know that's a time for another discussion. But the fact of the matter is, yeah. don't put high expectations on something because it definitely won't be the greatest match of all time. It probably will not be in the top ten greatest matches of the year. We don't know yet, but. With no fans in attendance and how things are going right now, I don't see how that's possible. I mean, there's there's no doubt that people can put on good matches with the with this current situation. I mean, Rollins and McIntyre was fantastic. Oh, they tore the house down. That was the best in ring match of the entire pay per view. I love that match so much, but that's not the case here. Again, I think. I think the main the main thing is that I think they just want to make sure Edge is still okay and Randy's still a safe guy to work with before they have him work with other people on the roster. But as far as touting it as the greatest match ever, come on. That's just Bush League at this point. Yeah, exactly. Just move on to more positive things that happened on Raw this week. Let's this, do it. This thing right here. So there have been rumors and reports that it was either Alvarez or Meltzer maybe who was reporting that Austin Theory of the faction of Zelina Vega's sexy men. Who'd never win, by the way. <laughs> um, of Angel Garza, Zelina Vega's the manager, the U.S. champion Andrade, and Austin Theory. This week, um, Austin Theory was kicked out of the group. Now, it was funny because there's a backstage segment where Zelina Vega saying, we got to get in the same page. We got to get in the same page. Focus, focus. And then they turn on him and she's like, I never believed in you. I'm like, you said we had to get in the same page. What the hell? Maybe she um, was talking to the other ones. Maybe. Possibly. Not but, necessarily awesome theory, but I digress. Yeah. But Aleister Black was having a match against Buddy Murphy and uh, Austin Theory was just sitting on the sidelines, similar to how Buddy Murphy was sitting on the sidelines during Rollins and the AOP's match against Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and the Big Show. And there was just kind of like this look they gave each other. They're standing standing in front of each other, eye to eye. And Rollins gives them a look, points to the ring. Austin Theory dives into the ring, goes in, attacks Aleister Black. And then Seth Rollins hugs Austin Theory. And Austin Theory has joined Seth Rollins' faction. I love this. I do too. So much. Because let's, let's be honest, as, 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 as much as I like the faction that Selena Vega had, Austin Theory never necessarily fit in with that faction. Yeah, he almost kind of felt like an outsider the whole time. And, and, and this is a guy that has, you know, obviously a lot of potential to be a star, obviously, you know, you really just got to give him the ball and give him a chance. And I think with him and Seth Rollins' group, I think that gives him an opportunity to shine a little bit more. I don't think he shined as much in Selena Vega's group as much. I think there was a lot of, you know, it's all about Andrade and, and things like that. You never really saw a lot of Austin Theory. And obviously it was, you know, recent that he was brought in. But still, ne- I don't feel the same about him and Selena's group as I do in Seth's group. I like him in this situation a lot better. He fits better. He fits better in this group. Yes. Also, 
I could also see a really great tag team of Buddy Murphy and Austin Theory. I think those two could have really, really great chemistry together. I'm, I'll make team. a bold prediction. They'll be the tag team champions by the end of the summer. I'd like to see that. I mean, currently the tag titles are on Street Profits and they're feuding with uh, Viking Raiders. Um, Which this is actually, that, that's kind of entertaining right now. I will give them their props. It is pretty funny. I mean, they had a basketball contest the week prior and then they had like an axe throwing competition. Although I don't think they know what to do with that whole situation because when I see that, I'm just like, I want to see these guys hang out. I don't want to see them fight. Like that's that's what I see. I see them be more like, you know, they're more like friends, which is not bad. It's funny and entertaining, but it's not necessarily like kind of what you want out of a tag program. I I don't know. I mean, it's I I guess what's working is working. Um, but major upside. Austin Theory has joined uh, Seth Rollins' faction. So far, so good, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean. With I know that one of the members of the AOP is injured, and they just just when one tag team member is injured, like oh, yeah, your partner's not going to be on TV either. So that really sucks. But um, but I hope that when I don't know if it's Ankum or Razor who's hurt, but I hope whenever whoever is ready to come back, they come back, and this faction is like, you know, ready to go. Um, already, like Seth Rollins hasn't had this 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 like cult leader esque fa- uh, faction for that long and he's already a better cult leader than Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> already a better cult leader than Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, you, go ahead. No, 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 you you finish, you finish. No, really just go ahead. I didn't really have any Well, I, I was going to transition. I didn't know if we were transitioning or not, so I'll, I'll allow you to wrap up here. No, just I think that um Rollins is probably doing like one of if not the best work of his career at the moment. Definitely I, some of his best heel work. I think like I might be enjoying this heel run more than his heel run when he was champion and he was money in the bank. Uh, because uh, in his heel run when he was money in the bank and champion, it was like yes, he was the man, but he almost didn't he almost felt second to Triple H. Yeah. And I love the that whole story and that build to the eventual match with Triple H. Um but oh, it was I think, great, but but still, he wasn't he wasn't you know the leader that we're kind of seeing now. Like I enjoy, I agree, I enjoy this a lot more. His second heel run than his first one. I agree. Yeah, he's doing a great, uh, great, great job. Um, I guess what do you want to transition to next? Uh, McIntyre so, and Lashley. So real quick, actually, because this just popped in my head, I wanted to bring this up to you off air, but I guess I'll bring it up to you now. Did you see the the bashing of Sammy Sammy Zayn's bashing the company bad on Twitter? Yeah, I was talking about that uh, last week, just how he's not caring. He's really just really diving into this whole thing. Like I, I talked Brings about, up solid points. I, I talked about uh, Sami Zayn and the, the bullshit of the situation, but what are your thoughts on it? Because I, I spoke my piece by it last week. I mean, at this point, Here's the thing. I just saw a tweet that I actually agree with Sami Zayn with. And the tweet said, Charlotte's boyfriend was out for a month. Now, he didn't say why he was out, but we all know he, you know, he, he uh, well, what you would call it, he failed a there drug was, test or something. Like and that. then he's also, he got injured too. Right, he got injured too. So he goes, Charlotte's boyfriend was off a month and they gave him a paid vacation with the title. Why me? <laughs> And I agree a thousand percent. I'm like, and it's yeah, nothing. exactly. It's, it's out of Sami Zayn's control why he, why he's not champion right now. I don't think it's fair necessarily strip your champions um, for not coming to work in the middle of a pandemic, especially when they can't get to work. It's being reported that apparently, because I watched a news video about this real quickly on Wrestle Talk. Apparently, Ollie Davis said I think it maybe it was Alvarez or Meltzer's reporting or PW Insider. I can't remember which, but just saying that. Apparently, the whole if you don't feel comfortable to come to work thing from WWE, your spot won't be tarnished or hurt or whatever. Apparently, that only applies to top wrestlers like Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns, who Becky Lynch left to be, uh, who's now pregnant, and Roman Reigns, who's leaving indefinitely because because he doesn't want to work during the pandemic and he wants and he's probably going to come back when it's all over. Uh, I don't think there's any clear situation when Reigns comes back. He, he'll probably come back. Maybe it's a vaccine. Who knows? So it could be a long time before we see Roman Reigns in our be another again. year. Maybe. But I also said how Brock Lesnar shows up once in a blue moon, defends his title, keeps it, and then is gone for like another three or four months. That's okay. But Sami Zayn, who is 
who is genuinely concerned about his health and his well-being and wants to stay home and self-quarantine and be safe, he he can't uh, he can't stay home. He can't keep his title. Uh, it's and it's not like they they hold the the IC title in such high regards these days. They don't hold the mid card titles in high regards at all. It hasn't felt important in a long time. No, it hasn't. And I hope this lead when Sammy is ready to come back that uh, it leads to a storyline uh, against the future champion. You know, that's that's what I'm hoping for. To, but to me, the IC title hasn't felt important since Seth Rollins' last reign with it when he feuded with Ambrose. That's the last time it felt important to me. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have to agree with you. Maybe even before that, because obviously the, the build to that story was good. The match sucked. Ambrose did nothing with it. Lashley really didn't do anything with it. Balor should have done more with it. All he did yeah. was bring it to SmackDown. Um, mm-hmm. Nakamura was forgettable. Strowman was just as forgettable. And Zayn could have done more. But here we are. But yeah, if this they, hasn't if they allowed important him. in a year and a half. Yeah, it, the belt hasn't felt important in a long time. I mean, the best IC champions in a while have been Rollins and, and The Miz. Yeah. Honestly. I would even go as far to say Ziggler in between was pretty good when, when Ziggler and Rollins were feuding for the title. I would go to say that it felt important then too. Yeah, it did. It did. I forgot he was IC champion at one point during that time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's it's bullshit with the whole Sami Zayn thing. I agree, but um, I, ju- I just wanted to, to touch on that because it, it just popped in my head, and I'm like, we got to talk about this. That's um, fine. But, reg- but we'll transition. Lashley is the number one contender for the WWE title. He feels important for the first time since he's come back. MVP's his manager. Great. I MVP's like that a lot. He's done phenomenal since he's come back. I it, like it that took, a lot. It took a bit, but now we finally understand what his role is, and like this works for me. It works really for me, too. Does. I like this a lot. I like that. I mean, uh, I like it a lot too because I've. St- I don't know if you're still talking or not. But okay, it's dead I don't air. Know. No, no. I mean, I I like this a lot because I've seen what Lashley and McIntyre can do. I've seen their battles in TNA and all that stuff. I've seen what they've been able to do when they're opponents. They've got great chemistry in the ring, so I'm excited to see this match at Backlash. I think it could be a show stealer personally because, again, I've seen what these two are able to do with one another. It's not just two big guys going one-on-one. These two are fast. They're strong. They're smart in the ring. They know how to get people invested in it. I think the story will build great. I think MVP is Lashley's manager, which we've also seen in the past in TNA. They did great work there, too. I think they're going to do even better work in WWE. So you you bring MVP on the side of this. I think this could be a great story, CJ. I think it could too, but I think it's just a shame that it's taken this long to get both these guys to the level that they're at now. I mean, right. they came back relatively around the same time, I believe. Like McIntyre got called up to Raw, I think, the night after WrestleMania 34. Lashley came back the night after WrestleMania 34. And Bobby Lashley has had a very hit or miss uh, time returning to WWE. I mean, there's the whole Rusev and Lana story. Um, there's like, you know, he didn't really do much in the beginning of his uh, career, uh, his t- return in WWE. Like, if you remember, you know, he earned his spot to face Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he beat Roman Reigns at a pay-per-view. He beat, well, he beat Roman Reigns at the pay-per-view, and it's like, all right, I beat Roman Reigns, so I should face Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. And then the next night, they have a match, or the, fo- or the following week, they have a match, Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley, winner faces Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns wins. And originally, that match on the pay-per-view was slated as the number one contender match, and they, if you remember, they took that away. I, that just made no sense to me. Yep. It made no sense to me at that time. Like, If you want Roman to face Brock Lesnar, if you want just Bobby Lashley, beat Lashley the first just have time. him beat Lashley, because it just makes Bobby Lashley look stupid. Lashley gets the win, comes out the next night and says, I'm facing Brock Lesnar. Actually, you're going to face Roman one more time next week and the winner will face Brock at SummerSlam. Like, and again, when they first announced that match for Extreme Rules 2018, they said the winner faces Brock Lesnar. And I think they stupid. took it away the week after. Absolutely stupid. So dumb. But anyway, so yeah, so that was probably his biggest win and the most important he's felt on the roster up until now. Well, so about just, two years. 
I'm just glad that you know these guys can show what they can do. Uh, Lashley had a very good career and impact, and so did McIntyre. One of their both of them were two of their best champions. So we'll, it's good to see what they can finally do now. Um, a few things real quickly that happened on NXT. Uh, we are going to be getting at NXT Takeover in your house, which is the next NXT Takeover pay per view. Uh, we're going to be getting Karrion Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa. We're also going to be getting uh, Charlotte Flair defending the NXT Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Um, the Cruiserweight uh, Championship Interim Championship Tournament will be decided. The winner of the match of Drake Maverick versus Kushida versus Jake Atlas. The winner will face El Hijo del Fantasma for the Interim Championship. Um, appears that Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano go begin to a feud with Keith Lee and Mia Yim, which I got to say, I'm loving Gargano and, Can- and LeRae with their, oh, they're their, awesome. new, their new they are characters. Awesome. I couldn't necessarily buy into Gargano being the villain of the Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano story, but I, I was fully confident that he could pull, on, pull off a great heel character, and so could Candice. Uh, they do also- it a lot better together. So yeah. I, I hope I hope they're in this for the long run because if this is so something too. short, I'm going to be really pissed off about it. No, I think this is for the long haul. Like they have I to hope at so. this point. Uh, and it's it's good to see that Gargano's having a change in character and and Candice LeRae is finally give, given the ball to do something because as great as a baby underdog babyface she is, I think she's going to knock it out of the park. This, with this she she almost already looks like a better heel. She's awesome. She, I, I, I've, I've loved Candice LeRae. I Kansas want Lee these two so long. to be champions together so bad. And I'm talking NXT champion and NXT women's champ. I want it so bad. I do too. I, I think they will for sure be, uh, do that one day in the future. We're also getting Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher in a cage fight. It's winner must be by submission or knockout. So that's I'm looking forward to that. Interesting. Um, nice little twist. So just judging here, what do you th- what do you think about takeover being called in your house? I don't know if you saw what tri- how Triple H why they kind kind of why they wanted to call it takeover in your house. Well, I know that DX announced it together, so I just um, saw it was Triple H. I didn't see it Shawn was Michaels. Triple H and Shawn Michaels was was with him, and Road Dogg Jesse James was with him too. I didn't see that. Um, I'm I'm interested in. I mean, well, you put it this way. I mean. This is normally around the time of the year where they do get creative with the takeovers. Like last year, you had takeover 25, and it was just in like Hartford, Connecticut or something. And then you had um, takeover Toronto right after that. But at the what we're getting right now with the whole coronavirus thing, as of right now, takeover Boston is pretty much off at this point. SummerSlam in Boston is off at this point. Yeah. So don't expect to have takeover Unless they're going to move it somewhere. I mean, now there's a possibility that they can move the events. I mean, Florida is basically open for business. So there's no guarantee that, you know, TakeOver is just going to be at the Performance Center. It could easily be at the Amway Center in Orlando and you can space out 5,000 people if they really want to. I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening either, but Florida is open, so... As Never crazy as ever? as crazy as Florida is, and their governor is, and how they run things, you know, it's, just, it's it's just like I don't see that happening. I mean, I, I I think I would think even though they're starting to phase into being open again, I don't see them holding large scale events in arenas. I just don't. I I, I don't see anybody doing any concerts, any sporting events, any pay per view shows, anything in front of a crowd until next year. That's, that's fair. That, that's just what I see. I, I see WWE running their shows in the performance center for the rest of the year. I see AEW running their shows in Daily's Place for the rest of the year. I don't see like live shows happening for a long time. All right, that's fair. But anyway, my point being is when you're not going to have takeover Boston, you're not going to you don't even know what the takeover schedule is going to look like going forward. So I think it's interesting that they're being creative. They're bringing back in your house which we haven't seen in well over 20 years, I'm pretty sure. Um so I like it. I think they're going to have a decent card. It's already shaping up to be pretty good with what you just mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really not much more to say about it. I mean, it, it's coming up in a couple of weeks. I think they'll put on a good show. I hope they're going to be creative. I hope they're going to continue that creative aspect that they've been doing in the last couple of pay-per-views, just giving us something new to watch, you know, like something that we haven't seen before. Because the thing with the WWE and AEW, and we'll get to them in a second, 
they've really took advantage of, all right, so we don't have fans. Let's be creative. So let's do the Boneyard match. We'll do it like this. The Firefly Funhouse match. We'll do it like this. Let's put money in the bank on the top of the WWE headquarters and have like six cameos in the entire match, Vince McMahon included. Um, so I enjoy the creative aspect that they're doing, and I hope that they continue that with pay-per-views going forward. If we're going to have pay-per-views like this, we need something to look forward to on a creative aspect. Yeah, absolutely they should. It shouldn't have taken a pandemic for them to be creative, but it's but true. <laughs> it's it's great that they are being creative. Um, but I think the main thing out of this, I remember like seeing a post or something um, on a wrestling page I follow on Facebook, and you know they posted the picture of Cross versus Champa. And, you know, they, the person who runs the page goes, who do you got, Champa or Cross? And then someone comments and goes, Cross, and Champa gets buried. I'm like, how does Tommaso Champa get buried by putting over Karrion Cross? A guy who just came in, he's a brand new star. His entrance with his wife is freaking amazing uh, with Scarlett Bordeaux. Like, I feel like I'm watching a movie when I watch their entrance. That's how great it is. Like, I'm watching a music video. Um, I just flat out said, I'm like, first of all, Tommaso Ciampa has made his mark in NXT. He's arguably the greatest NXT champion of all time, next to Adam Cole. It's either though, it's one of those two, if you say he's the greatest NXT champ. Karrion Cross is brand new to the brand. He's brand new to WWE. He, he's going to come in. He needs the win. How does Ciampa get buried by putting over a new star? Him putting somebody over is not going to hurt him in the slightest. Not at all. I don't know. I, I just can't under like, and I remember him replying. This guy replying to people being like, "Oh, we're on SmackDown the same with NXT." I'm like, "No, it's not. It's Triple H is booking the show. Yeah. Triple H books the show, so he knows how to book his wrestlers and still make them feel important. Like NXT has a much better track record with how people feel on the show rather than, rather than Raw and SmackDown. Hell, Champa lost the the final match against Gargano. He felt important the next week. Did it didn't yeah. hurt him in the slightest. Exactly. And you want to know why he felt important the next week? Because they gave him something bigger to do. Because the next week, he got attacked by Cross. Yep. Cross came in, attacked him, and that set up the feud. Right. And, and another example with Champa, Champa loses the NXT championship match to Adam Cole. But, of course, that was due to Johnny Gargano. The next NXT... Tommaso Ciampa comes up, basically beats up everybody in the building and said, NXT can only have one of us. Immediately sets up TakeOver Tampa, which would have been fantastic if it happened, but obviously it did not. Uh, but moral of the story is when somebody important loses, there's always something next. At least uh, in NXT. At least in NXT. And it's going to go for Ciampa in this one. Cross is brand new. He needs the win. Ciampa will have something afterwards, whether they continue the feud or they give him somebody else. It, Ciampa's going to be fine. I mean. It, it, like you said, arguably maybe the best NXT champion in history. You don't get buried after that unless you go to the main roster, of course. Um, yeah, and he said he's not. He does not want to go to Raw or SmackDown. He said if he'd they, rather retire. He said if they call him up, I will retire. He's like, I will, I will, I would much rather be a backstage producer or a coach, the performance center, or an agent or something. I will not go to Raw or SmackDown, and that's how much he loves wrestling. That he does not want to risk his career being tarnished on the main roster he does it for the love of the love of wrestling and Smackdown and Raw you make more money he doesn't care about that he doesn't care he said he's made enough money in his career good on him agreed absolutely good on him but yeah he's gonna be fine and basically and and that's the thing too and that's just not even champ it's anybody there so like for example Gargano loses the feud to Adam Cole he's got something lined up right after who's next Finn Balor yep so he takes some time off, comes back, and then they have that outstanding match at Portland. This isn't difficult if Vince McMahon would understand. So when Vince McMahon steps down and Triple H takes over, everything will be fine again, unless he sells the company to Disney. <laughs> Which yeah. that came out of the blue. <laughs> I don't know. Zeb Coulter, Dutch Mantel, he just said he had the exclusive report that he that WWE is willing to sell to Disney, you know, Disney owning Fox and everything. It's um, right. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't ever see Vince McMahon selling the company. 
Like I, don't, I agree. I, I just don't see that. I don't, I don't. I don't see Mickey Mouse coming down to the ring. Being, oh, <laughs> oh boy! And Goofy, like, oh, yep, I'm ready to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd be a sick 24/7 champion, though. I'll give him that. <laughs> Which, by the way, has Gronk lost the title yet? <laughs> how dare you insult Goofy for the 24/7 title? And no, he hasn't. That's another thing with the Sami Zayn thing. He can he can keep the title and he's signed to the Bucks. Don't worry, our truth is going to go to Bucks training camp in July and take the title oh, back. So stupid! I want to stop talking about WWE and just go to AEW now. Let's do that then. So uh, double or nothing is tomorrow. We'll have the predictions in a little bit, but the go home edition wasn't that bad. I mean, there were a few good segments. We got the return of the it's Bucks. We got the return of Hangman show. Page. Um, so we now know who will represent the elite in the uh, the stadium stampede match. It'll be the Young Bucks, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and Matt Hardy. Obviously, Cody will have his hands full with Lance Archer for the TNT Championship and the TNT Tournament Finals. Um, so we won't get the full elite in it, but it, Matt Hardy is a nice substitute. He's been feuding with Jericho since he got there. Um, CJ, real quick before we get into the predictions, your thoughts on the go-home edition of Dynamite and going into the pay-per-view tomorrow night. I am very excited for this pay-per-view. I'm very excited because I said earlier how AEW has an opportunity to make this maybe one of the best shows of the year. And just looking at the card up and down, it's stacked. It's really stacked. And it sucks that this can't happen in Vegas right now, but it will happen in Vegas again next year. Um, Looking at all these matches currently, I might be most excited... Um, I might be most excited about the stadium stampede match. I agree. Um, and Cody and Lance Archer looks good. And also the ladder match, the ladder match looks friggin' awesome. The amount of people that's in this, in this, uh, in this thing, they couldn't do a battle Royal given the circumstances. Um, and I think the stadium stampede match is a great way to move past because uh, I'll dive more into the predictions later, but uh, this could be a possible replacement for the blood and guts match, you know, because the stadium is huge. You can spread out, you spread out so much that maybe this can be the way to kind of put the cap on the inner circle elite feud. And it is a shame, but considering how we're not going to have wrestling, wrestling shows with fans for a long time until Chris Jericho deems it worthy because he's banned all fans. (laughs) That's Um, true. Uh, so until that, it's very up in the air. So I don't know. It's the, the whole card looks fantastic. I think a real sleeper match could be, uh, best friends and private party. And that's on the pre-show too. That's on the buy-in. We haven't seen private party in a while. Uh, I've really been loving the ascension of, of, uh, of best friends. They've been on a roll lately. Uh, I mean, uh, I've really been enjoying the build between Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes. That's yeah. been fantastic. I think Jake, Jake the Snake and Lance Archer have been such an amazing pairing. And Jake and Arn Anderson tore the house down with their segment on Wednesday night, too. I'll let you get into that more because that is one part of AEW. I did not well, I saw, I saw a little bit of the highlights, but it was basically it was just them kind of reminiscing on the past, going back and forth. And And like you said, too, it's like, when they had that segment in the ring, it's almost kind of like you're not sure who's going over tomorrow night. Because at first, it almost felt like a guarantee that Lance Archer was going to win. Now, I'm not so sure. I'm really not sure anymore because now you have Brandy involved in the mix. So now it's personal between Cody and Lance. You know, I feel like Lance needs to win more. But at the same time, you know, they talk about how Cody is the, you know, the blood, sweat, and the tears of the company. And it's I'm going to save you for the predictions, but I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this one as of yet. I'm more confident with that than I am with the inner circle and the elite. I'm going to say that right now. That's my most difficult prediction that I'm making. I have something written down here, but I may change it. Anything can happen in that match too. So, Absolutely. so real quick, CJ, before we get into the predictions, uh, what exactly are your hopes for Saturday night? Cause I know you said that you're excited for the show and all of that stuff. But how do you think that this show is going to be different than anything that they've put on before? Obviously besides the pandemic and all that stuff, but just the creativeness too, like with the stadium stampede. Oh, and that's the other thing I wanted to get into real quick. I think they are teasing it hard that they are going to do a show in that football stadium in Jacksonville soon. 
not necessarily soon, but like when this is all over, they're putting I a think, show in that stadium. I think one day they definitely will. We talked about this in like the early inception of AEW that I think we talked about this on their second day of existence. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think we could definitely see uh you know them running a show in that stadium, considering, you know, the company's based out of Jacksonville. Daly's place is literally right across the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I think as far as the stadium stampede match goes, I think we got a taste of that with the Omega, Matt Hardy, uh, Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho match. I think we just got a taste of that match. That match was fun and off the walls and crazy. And we talked about that a little while ago, but I actually got to see it recently and it was so funny. Like Matt Hardy getting thrown into an ice machine coming out as Damascus in his broken Matt Hardy gear. And then he gets in the golf cart and goes to the cameraman. You must document these events. And I think Tony, Tony, uh, Tony Schiavone or JR is like, well, yeah, this is television. That's why we're, that's why we're doing <laughs> like Matt broken. Matt Hardy is the best thing ever. Um, and that hit Sammy Guevara took. Oh my! A hard God. hit. They added hit. They added that hit to the intro of Dynamite. Did they really? Yes, they did. Tell me I you was, saw the uh, the GTA thing that they made on their social media where as soon as he got wasted, hit and it just yes. like wasted. Oh my God! It was so great. Sammy I Guevara. Was, Sammy Guevara's a champ, dude. He's taking like really, really bad hits. He's what not afraid to either. What a he's, worker. He's younger than us, so. It yeah, just put that in a factor. He's like, what, 22, 23? 22, I think. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, man, um, it, I'm excited for it. Like, I hope to see more golf carts in the stadium stampede match. We're going to see a lot. We're going to see I a hope. lot from these guys. What I also loved about that go-home segment, too, and, and you and I talked about this off mic, was because I didn't necessarily see it, but you reassured me that this happened, how they picked up right where they left off between the friction of Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. Hangman Page returned, helped out the Young Bucks, helped Kenny, and then at the end, when, he, when the elite standing tall, Hangman Page is nowhere to be found. They picked he up right away. where they left off two months ago. And that's what makes you very uneasy about this match, is that, yeah, I mean, Hangman came in, and he attacked the inner circle. I love how he came in, though. He's running, sprinting down the field. It's like, oh my God, the man's cardio. <laughs> he ran down just one end zone to the next. Yes, it was incredible. Uh, comes down, beats up the inner circle, saves Omega, Hardy, and the Bucks. But when Omega, Hardy, and the Bucks are celebrating, they have the, the upper hand. Hangman Page leaves. So it still puts you into that uneasiness of like, is he going to turn? Is he not? What's going on? Like, I mean, I don't know how much they can milk it. Uh, I credit the Young Bucks for properly wearing masks during the whole segment. <laughs> I also think that um, I don't think they could really turn Hangman heel because honestly, I think hey, I think people love Hangman Page so much that I think that maybe they really should separate him from the Elite. Just let him go on his own. Yeah, he's he's just so good. He's really come into his own uh, in the past number of months. It'll be interesting to see what we see tomorrow night with them because, again, I mean, that segment alone makes you remember two months ago there was friction. The friction's still there. So it's like, what does Hangman Page do tomorrow night? Does he turn? You know, does he win and, and get on the same side with the Bucks and then just they move on to their own separate ways? But why don't we get into the predictions now, CJ? For Absolutely. In my opinion, one of the more interesting pay-per-views of the year. Obviously, it's not going to be in Vegas, which is a shame, but – AEW will go on as scheduled. It is double or nothing tomorrow night from Daly's place in Jacksonville. We'll get started with the buy-in, the number one contenders match for the World Tag Team Championships, Private Party versus Best Friends. Who do you got Why? I have the Best Friends because they're just on a roll, like I said earlier. They're on a roll. I think they'll be the next challengers for the Tag Team Championships. Um, I like Private Party a lot. I think they are like the second coming of the Young Bucks or third coming of the Hardys, if you really want to put it that way, or fourth coming of the Rockers. <laughs> anyway, my point is, I think Private Party is great, but we haven't really seen them on TV in a while. And again, Best Friends has been on a roll. So Trent and uh, Chucky T. I will agree with everything you just said there. I like Private Party. I think their time is going to come, but we also haven't seen Private Party in a while. I don't think they're going to just walk back in and, and get a win and become number one contenders just like that. So I'll take Best Friends as well. Let's move on to the main card. MJF in a match he really doesn't want to be in versus Jungle Boy. Who do you got and why? I have MJF, uh, you know, really build 
upon him. I think Jungle Boy could be can be a great underdog babyface. Also, MJF hasn't really done anything significant since he beat Cody Rhodes at, at um, Revolution. I think you still need to really build upon that and still keep MJF important. Jungle Boy can take the loss. I think he'll be fine. Um, but MJF, like we figured he may could be the one to face Moxley for the title. Uh, but I think MJF's going to win. I agree, and I think this is how they build up that eventual build to MJF versus Moxley for the title. So I'll take MJF in this match. Again, Jungle Boy is going to be fine, but in in my opinion, if you put these two in the ring together, um, especially after what MJF did at Revolution, I don't see Jungle Boy necessarily being the one to take him down. I think this is going to be a good year for MJF. I think it starts at this pay-per-view. I'll take MJF to win. Let's go Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Who do you got in this one and why? Uh, Spears, I'm not really sure who to take on this one, but I think um, I think Sean Spears could do with a win. I think he was kind of hurt by his loss against Cody at All Out. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Dustin doesn't need a win at all. He doesn't. Uh, I think it should just be a fun match. Dustin's all about giving back to the business. And again, I'm not, I wasn't really sure where to go on this, but like you said, Sean Spears was really hurt with that loss at all out. Um, he hasn't really done much since last September. I'll take Sean Spears to win this match. I think he needs it more. And again, Dustin's Dustin's what 51 years old. He doesn't need a win against a young guy like Sean Spears. He's all about giving back. So I'll take Sean Spears in this match. Um, I was going to do the Britt Baker match, but obviously it seems like she's going to be out for a while. So I'm just going to skip that one over because I'm not sure what they're going to do with it, to be dead honest with you. But my prediction was Britt Baker, though. Mine was too. Let's go for the AEW Women's World Championship. Nyla Rose, the champion, if I can pronounce this correctly. Hikaru Shida, the challenger. If I said that correctly, if not, I apologize. Yes, who do you got? got Uh, I mean, this directly was with my prediction for Britt Baker because I said that I thought Baker was going to win and I originally had Hikaru Shida to win because I think they needed to get into a program with each other and just start feuding with each other and get the belt on Britt Baker. And I'm really bummed out because Britt Baker has been one of my favorite things by AEW. I've been a fan of hers even before AEW. And I think her character work has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, but now I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, no, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to say Hikaru Shida because I think Nyla Rose is boring. Mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of Nyla Rose. Um, I think she's held the belt for a while. And I think Hikaru Shida is great. Um, I think they could have a good feud together. I think they could put on a great match tomorrow night. But... I think they need to get the bell off Nyla Rose and just put on a car Shida. I'm going to disagree. I'll take Nyla Rose retain mainly because of the news about Britt Baker. I think that, you know, with Nyla Rose being, I get it. I, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of her either, but I think this is their opportunity to maybe take advantage of this, make her a more dominant champion, maybe have her bring the title into all out wherever that's going to be probably in Jacksonville. Um, but I am going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Nyla Rose in this match. Let's go to the casino ladder match. The winner will get an AEW World Championship shot in the future. My guess will probably be at All Out. Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and a mystery competitor. Who do you got and why? Well, first, I want to ask you, who do you think this mystery competitor will be? That's interesting. Um, To me, and I saw an article about it, uh, believe I, I forgot who did it, but I, I oh, what culture? Because I'm looking at it right now. There's a lot. I think it was like top eight wrestlers that could be the mystery. Competitor. Oh, I read that. They had their number one is CM Punk. What culture can F? Off? Obviously, it's not CM Punk. But you got Daniels in here. Drew Gulak is on this list. Um, that might be interesting. Ricky Starks is on this list. Uh, Jeff Cobb, maybe. I, Jeff Cobb. Brian Cage actually, is there too. Yeah. So Pac is on the or Pac, excuse me, Pac is on this list. So a lot of interesting names, but if I had to pick, obviously I'd like it for me to be Pac, but obviously due to travel restrictions, he's not going to be in. My guess is, and I'm throwing one out there, I think it's going to be Drew Gulak. I agree. I think it's going to be Gulak too. I think uh, because his contract recently just expired, and I think he can just walk in and just be like, hey, what's up? What's up, guys? <laughs> 
Um, I don't know. I don't, but I don't think he'll win the match though. I think he'll He'll have a good showing in his first match, but I don't see him winning the match. So who do you have winning the match, CJ? I have Darby Allen winning the match. I am mostly going heart with this one because I love Darby Allen. Um, I tried to do a process of elimination. I don't think they put it on Scorpio sky. I don't think they would do it. Frankie Kazarian. Um, I don't see Luchasaurus doing it. Uh, Cole Cabana, no, uh, you know, uh, kind of like Frankie Kazarian upper in age. I don't see him doing it. Kip Sabian, I could have seen done it. Um, but I don't know if they necessarily want to put him in that spot yet. Uh, Ray Phoenix, he was a maybe, but you know, he's still kind of like the Lucha bros. Orange Cassidy, like is really the one who I really want to win. I would love to see a match against him and Moxley, but I don't think he'd care enough to, <laughs> to win. So I have Darby Allen, and I also think Darby Allen's teasing a possible heel turn or tweener-esque character, given with the backstage uh, interview he had with Cass, uh, Cass, uh, Taz, Taz a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I've got Darby Allen. I'm going to take Ray Phoenix in this, mainly because he is the heel. He's a former world champion uh, in Impact. Um, I think he could have a great feud with John Moxley down the road. Maybe it's not at all out. Maybe it's a little bit before that. Because uh, Darby Allen to me, almost seems like the favorite. And I'm not really trying to just go with all the favorites here. I'm trying to kind of think outside the box. Because that's what they normally do with these type of matches. Like, you remember the Casino Battle Royal last year? Hangman Page was the last-minute entrance, and he won the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Obviously, that was due to the constraints of them not having a match with Pac, and that was going to be the first number one contender match was between those two, uh, and Pac didn't want to lose on his first night. But anyway. Well, that so, was because he was the Dragon Gate champion, and he didn't want to. Right, he was, he was undefeated, undefeated for two years. He just, like he just didn't want to, at the time, he just didn't want to, he didn't want, he didn't want it to affect his, uh, you know, the story they were building in Dragon Gate, because he eventually dropped the title to a, a new upcoming babyface. So I'm going to take Ray Phoenix in that respect. He's already a proper heel. I think he'd have a great run with Moxley. I'll take Ray Phoenix to win the match. Let's go to the AEW inaugural TNT Championship. Cody Rhodes versus Lance Archer. Who do you got and why? Presented by Iron Mike Tyson for That's some right. reason. Uh, I don't know why. why I, Mike, don't know. I don't know why. Uh, I guess, hey, Mike Tyson's here by the pay-per-view. Um, a lot of people are pretty torn on this, but I'm, I'm still sticking to it. I've got Lance Archer. I think Lance, you brought him in. He had a great debut. You paired him up with Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake is his mouthpiece. They fit so well together. Um, as much as I love Cody, I think he can still handle one last big loss. I don't think you can... I don't think... I mean, it's a match that looks like neither guy can afford to lose, but... I think Cody can afford one loss, and you can argue he is AEW's best babyface. But I think, excuse me, I think Cody can handle one last big loss, put over somebody new, and uh, just continue the monster heel run of Lance Archer. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with what I've thought this whole time. I'm going to take Lance Archer on this. And like you said, I mean, Cody doesn't necessarily need to win this match. He can't continue this type of, of loss streak for the rest of the year. Don't get me wrong, but you've built Lance Archer. You brought him in. You, you, you made him this crazy heel. You brought him up with Jake the Snake. He's a dominant wrestler. And at this point, this whole tournament was basically made for him to clash with Cody, but it was made for him to win. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to take Lance Archer to win and win the inaugural TNT Championship. The mm -hmm. AEW World Championship, John Moxley, the champion, Brody Lee, the challenger. Who do you got and why? Moxley. Uh, it's his first title defense. and uh, Second as, title defense. Sorry. First title defense on a First one on pay-per-view. Um. I was shocked to see that Brody Lee was the first challenger for Moxley, but um, but I'm excited though. I mean, I was watching briefly. There was I watched a clip of Brody Lee talking on Wrestle Talk with an interview, saying how him and Dean Ambrose were kind of playing second fiddle in the Shield as they were getting more popular, and he was playing second fiddle in the Wyatts. But now, um, saying how happy he was that Braun and Wyatt had a pay per view match, uh, a championship match in the last pay per view. Him and Moxley are having a championship match on this pay-per-view. And um, I, I think that as happy as I am for Brody Lee, and I think he's the perfect person to be the exalted one in the Dark Order, 
I don't see him winning the title just yet. And someday he will, but I think these guys can pull out a great match where neither one loses anything in defeat, but it's gotta be Moxley. Yeah, I agree. I'll take Moxley. I think they could too. I think the both of them can go out and bring us an extremely great championship match. They've wrestled in the past in WWE before they've been able to have great matches then too. Um, it's not Brody Lee's time. And I agree with you. I think he's the perfect person to be the leader of the Dark Order, but it's not his time just yet. It's Moxley's first title defense on pay-per-view. I expect for it to continue at least for a few more months. Maybe they continue the feud after this. I would hope so. I mean, they've done great work on television, but in regards to the match on the pay-per-view, I will take John Moxley to win and retain the championship. And finally, what will probably be the main event, the stadium I, stadium I still, match. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I think the world title is going to be the main event. You think so? Yeah, it's the world title. I could see the stadium stampede match main eventing, but we'll agree to disagree on that. We'll wait for tomorrow. Anyway, the stadium stampede match, the elite versus the inner circle. CJ, this was giving you problems. Who do you have and why? Because I think this is not going to be the main event. I was going back and forth. The more we talked about it, I had the elite, but I'm going with the inner circle. Okay. I think this is the time where Hangman Page separates himself from the Elite. I think, I don't know if Page will necessarily turn on the Elite or anything, but I think he's just going to get so frustrated that he's just going to part ways from the Elite and do his own thing. Uh, I don't think he's going to turn heel because I think people love Hangman Page too much for that. Because even if crowds were still in attendance, whether they want to turn him heel or not, they're still going to turn. He's still going to be a baby face to them. So, yeah, I have the inner circle. There's, there's still dysfunction in the elite. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the key factor in that is Hangman Page, so I'm going with the inner circle, but I'm not I'm gonna, entirely sure. I'm going to agree with you. I'll take the inner circle too, mainly because I don't believe this feud is over yet. Um, I do think they want Cody involved in the, with the finish of this feud, and obviously you don't get Cody in this match because he has his, his deal with Lance Archer. Um, whether Matt Hardy is in at the end, I'm not sure, but I don't think this feud is over yet. The feud is going to end with the elite on top. So for that reason alone, I will take the inner circle tomorrow night to win this match. No heel turn out of Adam out of uh, hangman page. He's still the tag champs with Kenny Omega. So I don't anticipate that being an issue there. I do expect friction between him and the young bucks. That's going to cost them the match. Uh, so I will take the inner circle to win the stadium stampede match and not continue the feud with the elite, but put it on the side for a little bit. So that way when Cody is back involved and when they can do the finale of the feud properly, they'll have the full elite versus the full inner circle. And I do expect hangman page to be involved in that as well, but I'll take the inner circle tomorrow night. Yeah. I think that I was saying earlier, I think this, this probably will replace the blood and guts match. I don't know if they want to try and do that at a later date. Maybe, who knows? But I think they will because they've. I don't know if it's going to be the same blood and guts match, but they've already promoted it. Um, it was set before this virus took place. I mean, we we were going to see it live. We still might see yep. it live. Who knows? I doubt it with the way things are going. I don't think that show's happening in July. But if it does, and we get to go. It might happen there. So, who knows? Um, I do think they are going to do it one day. Um, I do think these two factions may be in it. May look a little different, but regardless of that, I think we are going to get it at some point. So before we wrap up, CJ, you had something interesting that you wanted to try out for each edition of this podcast. So I'll allow you to explain. All right. So here's the idea I have. I stumbled upon this late uh, one night, not late one night. I was, I was insomnia. It kills you during quarantine. So I had really an idea. Does. So I had an idea. So we're going to give this a try each week. Sean and I are going to be giving each other wrestling trivia questions, but it's going to be one of us at a time. I'm going to ask Sean a set of one, two, three, four, five questions. And if Sean can get a majority of them right, he asks me next week. He has to win to ask me questions next week. So I got to get three out of the five right, is what you're saying. Yes, you have to get three, at least three out of the five right. And then if you do, you ask me, I come back, I have answer, then switches over to me. But if you can't, I ask you again. Okay. And vice versa if I can't do it. All right. So the first one is how many factions has Seth Rollins been in in the WWE? Okay. 
I'm going to say three. Yes. Can you name those three factions? The Shield, the Authority, and... Does and what the Monday Night Messiah faction is what I'm going to say. I don't know what it's exactly called, but it, it doesn't is there even name. a name? It doesn't have a it, name. It doesn't have a name, but that's, it's his that's faction. Several, it's his that, very good. Okay, which of these wrestlers has AJ Styles never had a singles match with? Okay, Rey Mysterio, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, or Will Ospreay? Kenny Omega. Two for two. Very good. Who has the most individual NXT tag team title reigns? This is not the team. This is just one particular this is individual. This the individual. The individual who has the most NXT tag title reigns. Hold on here. Um, this is a tough one. not strong i'll give you a hint it's not the revival okay he this individual recently held the tag team titles in the not so distant past bobby fish kyle o'reilly ah i knew it was one of them Oh no, Fish got hurt. That's right. Yeah. I was like, the, it was you the one close. that didn't get hurt. I, right. I knew it was the one that did not get hurt. All right. All right. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly. He was linchpin in the Undisputed Era. Uh, he, okay. He's, he's an MVP. All right. Which of the following wrestlers has never won the Royal Rumble? Okay. Triple H, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, or Shawn Michaels? Kurt Angle. Very good. And finally, who has never had their WrestleMania uh, had their theme song performed at WrestleMania? Undertaker, Triple H, Edge, or CM Punk? Who's never had it? Oh, like a live band performed? Yes. I read that one again. Who has never had their theme song performed live at WrestleMania? Okay. Do you need me to read the choices again? Yeah, I read the choices again because I didn't understand the question at first. So read the choices again. The choices are Triple H, CM Punk. Edge or The Undertaker? Edge. Very good. So let's see. You got one, two, three, four out of five. Very good. Thank you. Well, look at that. Now, next week, you got to ask me. Yes. It's funny how I gave you three multiple choice questions and two, you got to name me something. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you almost yeah, had it. I thought you were going to get Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, I, almost, I knew it was one of them. That's why I was kind of like, which one got hurt again? Because I knew it was the other one that stayed healthy. Because obviously, he had the, Riley had the reign with Roderick Strong and kept it going. So, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Four out of five ain't bad. No, that's good. All right, next week, you got to ask me uh, five questions. I got to see if I get them right. I'm going to ask you to name all the WCW champions in the 70s. Uh, I give up. <laughs> I give up. Uh, come um, on. It doesn't have to be WWE. It could be like across the board. Right. All right. All right. Sounds hey. good. So that'll do it for us. But before we go, CJ, I know you like to tell everyone where they can hear us at. So plugs, 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 plugs. Buy plugs. stuff. We don't have stuff to buy yet. Uh, anyway, yes, <laughs> please listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Anchor.fm. Uh, Pocket Casts, wherever you can find our podcast formats, pretty much anywhere you'd like. You can follow us at TNAWP on the Twitter, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram, like us on Facebook at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, and we hope you're not going crazy in the quarantine. Hopefully not. So that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. We'll review Double or Nothing. We'll we'll stick with some of the news in the WWE. We'll start to kind of build towards Backlash. We'll get to all of it next week. So for Sean McChesney. And CJ Palmasano. We'll see you next time.